Democrats leap into the abyss of hypocrisy. Just when you thought leftists couldn't be more cynical, hypocritical, dishonest, tyrannical, cruel, and nasty, they step up to prove you wrong. If Democrats, by whatever janky standards they've made up, think Republicans have gone low, Democrats dive headlong into the abyss. They've been doing their theatrical performative best to argue that the attack on the Capitol is particularly heinous because of the building's symbolic significance, which it has. Just last summer, they fervently supported BLM anarchists as they tore down and or defaced monuments, federal property, and police precincts, and now, suddenly, attacking a federal building is heinous because of its symbolic significance. With forked tongues cynically dripping with religious language and irony, Tricky Dick Durbin said the Capitol is a sacred place desecrated by a mob. This temple to democracy was defiled. Representative Mario Diaz-Balart said the Capitol is the center and sacred symbol of democracy. Senator Patrick Leahy said the mob had defiled the Capitol building. House Speaker and prayer warrior Nancy Pelosi called the Capitol the temple of our American democracy. Barack Obama referred to the desecrated chambers of democracy and befuddled Biden claimed to, quote, grieve the desecration of the people's house, end quote. These men and women without chests who don't grieve the desecrated bodies of the unborn expect us to believe they grieve the desecration of the Capitol. The Capitol is defiled every time Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and AOC set foot in it. The Capitol is defiled every time Democrats who support human slaughter set foot in it. The Capitol is defiled every time celebrants of homosexuality and transcultism set foot in it. The Capitol was defiled every time those who brought false impeachment charges against President Trump in 2017 set foot in it. The Capitol was defiled by Democrats during the Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett hearings. The Capitol was defiled every time Ted the Lady Killer Kennedy set foot in it. Maybe ideas do have consequences. Maybe the thugs who attacked the Capitol were listening when all the leftists supported BLM's destruction of federal property. Leftists can't have it both ways. They can't say for weeks and months that the destruction of symbols of governance, history, law, and order don't matter, and then be surprised when the lawless attack symbols of governance, history, law, and order. Not to be outdone in rhetorical theatrics, freshman U.S. representative and newest member of the racist squad, Cory Bush, called President Trump the white supremacist-in-chief, and squad leader AOC called her Republican colleagues white supremacists. No need for evidence when demagoguery is so effective, and no word from the squad about what the nation should call Biden's nominee to head up the DOJ, Kristen Clark, who said this when a student at Harvard, one of America's breeding grounds of racism, and I quote her, Please use the following theories and observations to assist you in your search for truth regarding the genetic differences between blacks and whites. One, Dr. Richard King reveals that the core of the human brain is the locus coruleus, which is a structure that is black 
because it contains large amounts of neuromelanin, which is essential for its operation. Two, black infants sit, crawl, and walk sooner than whites. Three, Carol Barnes notes that human mental processes are controlled by melanin, that same chemical which gives blacks their superior physical and mental abilities. Four, some scientists have revealed that most whites are unable to produce melanin because their pineal glands are often calcified or non-functioning. Pineal calcification rates with Africans are 5 to 15%, Asians 15 to 25%, and Europeans 60 to 80%. This is the chemical basis for the cultural differences between blacks and whites. And five, melanin endows blacks with greater mental, physical, and spiritual abilities, something which cannot be measured based on Eurocentric standards. End quote. Back to the ubiquitous AOC for a moment. In a narcissistic plea for sympathy, she claimed she thought she was going to die in the capital siege. Apparently, when she fears for her life, the nation is supposed to care and care deeply. But when scores of people feared for their lives during months of riots by anarchists with whom AOC sympathized, meh. Members of the squad aren't alone in their political cynicism and nastiness. The ethically vacuous U.S. Representative Jan Schakowsky has called for her colleague, Representative Mary Miller, to be formally censured for making the inarguable statement that, quote, Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future, end quote. Knowing full well that, one, Hitler was right, and that, two, Miller was not praising Hitler, but condemning the efforts of bad actors to indoctrinate children. Schakowsky, with malice aforethought, is pursuing for purely political reasons a censure of the freshman representative. Is Schakowsky going to call for a censure of unifier-in-chief Joe Biden, who recently compared Senators Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley to Hitler's propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels? Is she going to call for Senator James Clyburn to be censured for comparing Trump to Hitler and his supporters to Hitler's supporters? And what about censuring Cori Bush and AOC? How Schakowsky sleeps at night is a mystery. I propose Schakowsky be censured for proposing Mary Miller be censured and for countless other acts that have harmed America. I have a question for the conscienceless left-wing unifiers with the scurrilous goal of taking down Mary Miller, even if they have to lie about her. Are the following four statements right or wrong with regard to propaganda? One, the art of propaganda lies in understanding the emotional ideas of the great masses and finding the way to the attention and thence to the heart of the broad masses. Two, all effective propaganda must be limited to a very few points and must harp on these in slogans until the last member of the public understands what you want him to understand by your slogan. Three, the function of propaganda is, for example, not to weigh and ponder the rights of different people, but exclusively to emphasize the one right which it, that is propaganda, has set out to argue for. The task of propaganda is not to make an objective study of the truth insofar as it favors the enemy and then set it before the masses with academic fairness 
Its task is to serve our own right always and unflinchingly. And fourth, if, as in propaganda for sticking out a war, the aim is to influence a whole people, we must avoid excessive intellectual demands on our public and too much caution cannot be extended in this direction. End quote. All are statements from the monster Hitler. Maybe he was right on more than one thing. And that's why someone needs to keep quoting Hitler so that we recognize his evil words and deeds when they are reincarnated in contemporary events. Here's some more on hypocrisy. Just before the election, Jack Dorsey, the Fay co-founder and CEO of Twitter, censored a New York Post story about Hunter and Joe Biden's collusion with the Chinese Communist government. Last week, other social media megatyrants colluded to silence President Trump. And the next day, Internet service provider Amazon announced it would no longer host Twitter's chief rival, Parler. Then a day later, in an effort to chastise Uganda, Twitter tweeted its public policy, and I quote that policy. Ahead of the Ugandan election, we're hearing reports that Internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn Internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the open Internet. Access to information and freedom of expression, including the public conversation on Twitter, is never more important than during democratic processes, particularly elections. End quote. Then late in the day yesterday, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas released a secretly recorded video conference call Jack Dorsey had with Twitter censors in which he reveals his expansive plans for canceling conservatives. And I quote Dorsey, We know we are focused on one account right now, but this is going to be much bigger than just one account, and it's going to go on for much longer than just this day, this week, the next few weeks, going on beyond inauguration. End quote can't make this stuff up. And add this to your bulging stuff-you-can't-make-up file. Joe Biden recently announced that his administration will discriminate based on race and sex in helping small business owners get back on their feet. And I quote him, Our priority will be Black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses and women-owned businesses. End quote. A virtual Almost U.S. president sitting in a rocking chair between two ferns in a cellar has proudly announced that he will be judging people by the color of their skin and their biological sex. And the racist, sexist oppressors among us call it progress. White men, you're on your own. A new day has dawned in America. A day we haven't seen since, I don't know, the 19th century? Wait. When was the last time a sitting U.S. president announced his intention to judge people by their sex and skin color?